Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. The master of ceremonies, and it's festive season. Woo! Yes, it's Jingle season of Festivus. And, 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 and uh, winter, you just mentioned a blizzard a second ago. Um, there's been no snow yeah. here. But yeah, like winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> winter at Man, Square Horror. Like, it's going to be so weird not having like a true blue wintry Christmas for me this year. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to like the summer. <laughs> it's gonna fuck with my head, man. Yeah, part like of I'm the reason... gonna spend, I'm spending New Year's at the fucking Barrier Reef. Yeah, I'm gonna be fuck. looking at underwater things. That's so cool, man. We're gonna need a bunch of <laughs> updates from you on a bonus episode when we can talk about like Black Sheep or something that takes place in Australia. Yeah, in Australia. Uh, yeah. So part of the reason <laughs> that we're taking the uh, winter hiatus is because Danny is once again just like uprooting. Danny his is life. leaving the country. Yeah, <laughs> and he's one of the things he's doing as he's just tumbleweeding around is going to australia for like a month uh so that gives us an excuse to not do the podcast yeah <laughs> but don't you fret when we come back in 2023 we have lots of ideas of and course. lots of things in the works of course that we are oh. very excited about we've got a lot of them and some of them might be another they, they could go two ways they could be a massive success and propel us forward to a new heights in our career which would be great uh and honestly mm-hmm. would start to Make me feel a little bit more confident about my abilities. Or it could be another Halloween and uh, it could be a little bit more that we could bit off of more than we could chew. <laughs> but we'll find that out in live time and you'll get to hear all about it, friends. Yes, but first, but it's for now. Christmas time. Yes. Uh, I want to go reach in the back of my mind for a Christmas song that I could just start kind of dreamily singing, but I couldn't think of one. Cause that's Listen, how Matt, fried I've been I am singing Christmas weeks. songs for. I've been singing Christmas songs for a month now. Okay, I, I'm gonna need you. I don't want to sing Christmas songs. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to. Uh, we're gonna check in with you as we go through this movie, and I'm gonna need to uh, be like, so what? What's what song is this scene giving, Danny? Like, what? What's the what's the tone here? Um, as we check in, as we go okay, through okay. Krampus, uh, 2015's Krampus. An immediate pivot mm-hmm. from 2015's Green Room, which is going to be a very far yes. cry from what we're going to cover today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we figured that y'all had enough of, like, intensity <laughs> last week, so we're given a nice lighter Christmassy flavor for the end of the year here. I listened back to that episode because <laughs> I obsessively listened back, and... Um, what a dark episode. <laughs> it Yeah. Like, it was hard to write the description for that episode because I was like, I don't want to put the, like, term Nazi in our description for this. Yeah. But, like, there's no way around it. Like, I, 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 I was really glad that I didn't go down the rabbit hole of, like, extreme Nazi punk music. Um, but mm-hmm. because I didn't do that, I spent up the last of my motivation on, of my finals doing that. So I'm really glad that <laughs> this is what we're covering this week. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be covering Square Horror. Yeah, we're covering Krampus, which is a like realistic family experience with a very different uh, Christmas home invasion than say Home Alone, where at least then it's the wet bandits and not evil Santa Claus and his elves. I'll put it to you this way. If this were set <laughs> any other time of year, it would be fucking terrifying. But it's Christmas? <laughs> And the people involved, we'll get to the cast, but, like, the way they handle it, the, like, the tone of the movie is mm-hmm. very much more 
Christmas than it is horror movie, but it is a horror movie, yes. so we're going to cover it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus, there's there's a little bit of funness to the side of Christmas horror that kind of became its uh, sub-genre over the past couple decades. Oh, yeah. Um, and we have someone who's helming this movie that we trust to make holiday-themed horror very efficiently. Um, after he previously did the, uh, I, I wouldn't say magnum opus, but one of the most iconic Halloween-themed movies of the 21st century with Trick or Treat, which Spirit Halloween will never let anyone forget. Say, I was like, okay, if you can, if you, if your IP made it to Spirit Store, you won. Like, you have made that much of a lasting impression on culture that no matter mm-hmm. how good your shit is, like, it's, it's, it matters. Put that in the Library of yeah. Congress. So Library of <laughs> Congress on one side. <laughs> Um, he also, Michael Doherty is who we're talking about. Uh, yes. he directed, uh, Trick or Treat. He directed, uh, Superman Returns, or he wrote Superman Returns, sorry, uh, in 2006 mm-hmm. with Brian Singer, which I think, uh, they met because he also wrote X2 as his breakout yes. movie, which is nuts. Cause, um, I think my brother and I were having this talk over Thanksgiving break about like all Marvel movies in general. We were like, X2 gets hyped up a lot. But it does hold up. And this is the first mm-hmm. thing that this guy wrote. So he came into the scene yeah. with superhero movies. Uh, obviously, there's a parallel somehow uh, to um, later on, he goes to do the Godzilla and King Kong movies, but like sprinkled mm-hmm. intermittently in the middle. And it, he has gone on record saying he's done these very special, like, nice horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like Trick or Treat's more violent than Krampus because there's yeah. like real death in it and stuff. But uh, Krampus yes. is like, you know, like when Robert Rodriguez makes kids movies, he actually makes kids movies. But like this would mm-hmm. be like a watered down Trick or Treat, kind of like how Robert Rodriguez should have made a watered down Planet Terror just featuring children. <clears throat> It'd be funny. <laughs> anyway. Um. Uh, so Krampus, yeah. though, uh, for those that don't know, is a is a a boy who has a, had a bad Christmas. Accidentally summons a festive demon, is what IMDb says, uh, to his family home. And I love the term festive demon because I think that does typify <laughs> yeah. the tone of this movie. That's well, what like, Michael Doherty is trying to capture. Well, and like I feel like. Krampus in this movie has a lot of similarity to Sam in Trick or Treat because both of them kind of revel in what they're doing. Like, he's not doing it out of, like, pure evil intent. Like, he's... Krampus is having fun doing all of this. Because, hey, man... Like, he is actively enjoying it. You can't just work to live. You gotta live to work. You gotta love the work (laughs) that you do. And he Especially when you're an immortal (laughs) Christmas being. Exactly. When you're some kind of nightmare Christmas demon sent to punish the wicked and you're good at it like you're gonna enjoy it too yeah like sometimes you may overstep a little bit like when you just reanimate people's christmas decorations into the stuff of nightmares like you don't have to gild the lily at that point like i don't know krampus is kind of putting a hat on the hat sometimes here I do support the hustle, though. I do, um, as you yeah. know, as, as um, Square Horror as a collective, I, I would say, is a fan of uh, Adult Swim's Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. 
Uh, and they do mm-hmm. a pretty good loving depiction of Krampus on that show. Uh, but I think that I stand by that Krampus as an entity exists to like unapologetically be like, hey, kids, be good or you'll fucking die. Like, and mm-hmm. sometimes there's it's just pure uh, to just kind of be like, yeah, we really just made it up. But like, what if it was serious? Like, that's kind of hilarious mm-hmm. as a concept but before yeah. it's scary. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, I've been rewatching through The Office the past couple weeks, and so when I started this movie, the only thing I could think about was when Dwight comes into The Office in, like, a <laughs> fake Krampus kind of thing, where he calls himself Belschnickel, Bel- and he'll Belfinickel. just whip people. <laughs> he'll just whip people with a twig yeah, if he thinks they've been bundle. impish. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's, it's so fun and European. Like, the whole Krampus <laughs> thing, like... Christmas in this country has is, is always been, like, fun and nice and, ca- like, commercial. It's existed way longer than America has. So for, like, a long mm-hmm. time, it was, like, not fun. For a long time, it yeah. was just, like... It was actively scary. Fuck, like, can the kids just fucking behave? <laughs> We're trying to put on this festival. If we just made up some horrible story about a terrifying nightmare creature that specifically eats children that are bad, maybe they'll get off our fucking cocks and let us, like, collect the <laughs> barley or whatever the fuck. I'm oversimplifying a lot of culture, but, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, that is so much more human as a concept, you know, that, mm-hmm. like... Like, I don't know. That's just fun to me to be like, folklore is mostly just to explain shit to people when they're like, I'm fucking busy. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. So now that it's real, <laughs> it's fucking like, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> now what? <laughs> um, and I do kind of like that uh, Michael Doherty, when he was going about making this movie... Um, he wanted to make a Christmas movie that's both scary and sentimental. And, like, his examples that he went off of was A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life, where these people are essentially living through nightmares that show the broken character's uh, dark side of divine intervention that makes them realize their need to be scared straight. Right, yeah. Um, which I love that he does, because that's what makes this movie feel even more Christmassy than, like, just if you set your horror movie at Christmas. Because it's in vain with other big-name Christmas movies. Yeah. Because actively, A Christmas Carol, when you think about it, had got Bro, to be a... the scariest motherfucking thing <laughs> that movie. Ebenezer Scrooge could exist in. Dude, it's straight up the combination you just described. It's like supernatural divine intervention meets the heart of It's a Wonderful Life. Because it's the same exact lesson of like, you should be thankful for what you have, which is like exactly what the spirit of Christmas is supposed to be. But it's like, mm-hmm. humans are such assholes that sometimes that lesson needs to like, fuck with them a little bit. So for, like, a Christmas carol, it's like it's a wonderful life if the consequences were you're going to hell if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, stop being a prick. In this, I feel like the line is a little bit blurred, though, because because it is such an open family movie, uh, it does so well to humanize all the characters, even the characters you're supposed to set up to not like. So mm-hmm. you, along with the main character, are learning that you should feel bad about wishing that certain horror archetypes would die. Because then you start to learn about them, and then you start to be like, oh, well, I don't really want them to die either, just like Max does as he goes through the movie as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, let's get into the cast a little bit. Because, my God, does this movie have a stacked cast. 
Yeah, man. It's like uh, Knives Out caliber actors just being goofy. Right? <laughs> like exactly what that movie was, too. Uh, so Max, our main character uh, boy who still believes in Santa and is losing the Christmas spirit because his family squabbles and kind of sucks for a while. They suck uh, a lot played, of the while. <laughs> they, they do. Um, is played by uh, MJ Anthony, who I recognize from the John Favreau movie yeah, Chef. Yeah, Chef. Um, which I I just saw that movie for the first time like a year ago, and I fell in love with it. And it might be because I'm in love with Gordon Ramsay, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that I see that he's also done uh, like Insurgent from the Divergent series. Uh, oh my God! It says he was in Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. <laughs> <gasps> I'm sorry. The what? I don't know, but we don't have time to get into that. Uh, but it also. <laughs> The reason I bring up his other IMDb credits is because he's also done other horror movies and he's done other Christmas movies, and he's done this one first. So it's like he got his Ooh. sea legs doing both at the same time, which is kind of cool. Uh, he also was in Bad Moms uh, the year after this movie came out. Uh, I remember when Bad Mo- Bad Moms came out. <laughs> yeah, he it's about all I have to say about it because I don't. Too. I never saw it, but. <laughs> He, like, I think the, uh, the way he goes about this, like, because he's also, like, the perfect age for this character, too. Um, like, he's not mm-hmm. too old and he's not too young. Uh, he's, like, literally the perfect age that this kid would be at to, like, be going through this type of crisis. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's, re- he's super relatable in that way that, like, a lot of people can relate to him very quickly. Yeah. Um, then we have Adam Scott, um, Miss, Mr. Leslie Nope himself. Um, Ben Wyatt and Parks and Rec. Um, that's how I know him best because I'm a sucker for Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. Um, he plays Max's dad, Tom. Um, we have Tony Collette as, uh, Sarah Engel, who's, uh, Max's mom, which Tony Collette is just a phenomenal actor or actress in horror and otherwise. I, I have loved everything I've seen her in. The two uh, of them, though it this has been like, the lightest thing I've ever seen her in. Because most of the things yep. I see her in are like dark and depressing, and this is her just being a mother with squabbles with her sister. I was about to try to think of counters to that, and then every single movie I could think of, I'm like, no, that's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> like the first one that comes to my head is Hereditary, which yeah, Hereditary, is arguably um, very <laughs> disturbing. Hereditary, uh, she was a Knives Out as well, um, but still like a dark character. Uh, I always think mm-hmm. about this movie. I also think about Imperium, which, uh, speaking of Green Room, is about the exact same uh, subculture that we just discussed. Um, but she's an Ugh. FBI agent uh, working with uh, Daniel Radcliffe as the main character who's an undercover FBI Ooh. agent that she sends in to like spy on these guys. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. I recommend that movie like all the time. Again, knowing that it probably isn't for everybody, but I just think it's so fucking good. And she is well, yeah, like, as always incredible. I just re- I just watched through uh, Unbelievable on Netflix, which is also a yeah. very dark show. Rough, <laughs> uh, but she plays a a really interesting uh, detective in a local police department in that show. Um, but yeah, that's another very dark, rough show. It's so nice to just see Tony Collette just kind of get to be. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because the 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 way to, that you cast these the parents is very cool too because. You have a very serious actress trying to be just kind of like the character is more just like trying to hold everything together. 
And you have mm-hmm. a usually seen as a comedic actor. Adam Scott nowadays is doing a lot more like drunk, dramatic type stuff. So he d- he can play mm-hmm. the gambit. But and this movie is a great example because it gave him a chance to like, yeah, it's a goofier horror movie. But he's not one of the people that is a comic relief. He's the straight man. He's the like, yeah, you know, the bereft husband uh, who's just doing his best. And Adam Scott plays mm-hmm. that very well. But under pressure, he brings a lot more to the table too. Yeah. Um, then we also have uh, David Kochner. I don't I know if I'm pronouncing Kettner. his name right. Kettner? I think it's interesting. Yeah, um, but he's uh, well known for playing Todd Packer, speaking of The Office. Um, and he's also Champ in you, the yeah, Anchorman Champ movies with Will Ferrell. <laughs> That's like <laughs> how I've always associated him, even before The Office. See, I saw him in the office first, so I always think Todd Packer whenever I see that dumb bald man's head. Uh, <laughs> I do always like yeah. Every time I see him in something, I'm like, there he is again, man. Because <laughs> like, he's the same. And, like type I love of seeing character. Him. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Unlike Tony Collette, where you get to see her do something very different, this one is just kind of him getting to play another of his same kind of characters. But that's not a bad thing because he does it so well. Yeah. Um. And he does get a few more, like, humanizing moments in this than, say, Todd Packer in The Office. Yeah, they make him, you know, a dickhead blowhard again. But they mm-hmm. it's the first time that any of those characters that he's played has redeemed himself. Yeah. You know, like, it's not all, you know, it's not all like, oh, well, this guy's just useful for this one thing. Or like, no, I actually do want him around also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, um, Allison Tolman, who plays Linda, who's, um, Sarah's sister and, uh, Max's aunt, um, who I mostly know from the show Good Girls, um, which had, um, Matthew Lillard in it. Yeah. Which was a show I watched for a little while. Yeah. Cause like, t- it took me about halfway through the movie to figure out where the hell I knew her from. And it finally clicked there. Um, uh, I think she was also in the Fargo show. Back when that was on FX? I think so. She was in um, an episode of the new Twilight Zone, uh, and a lot of people that have seen Why Women Kill, she's big in that show as well. Uh, mm, one mm-hmm. of the main characters in that show. Um, she, I also, it's the same thing. Like I felt like I knew her from somewhere, but I haven't seen most of, of, of what she's done. But because of Krampus, when I see like ads for things like Why Women Kill, I'm like, oh, bro. It's the chick from Krampus. Like, Krampus yeah. is this cool unifying thing that, like, weirdly enough, I feel like is a positive thing to put on all of these people's resumes. Yeah. Um, then we have uh, Conchetta Farrell, who um, plays Aunt Dorothy, who is uh, Linda and Sarah's aunt and the great aunt of Max. Um she, I think, is best known for Two and a Half Men, which mm-hmm. I didn't really watch. Um, yeah. I know it she looks recently... like she was in an episode of Buffy, which I did not know, <laughs> and is going to throw me off. She was also in Edward Scissorhands as That's one of the, one the I like, was gonna say, yeah. Stepford Wives moms. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, she plays, again, the same type of woman. So, like, the way they typecast some people and not others was very cool. Um, because everyone oh was going to be something interesting anyway. Oh, what? Where? 
she's a villain in one of the like one-off episodes of uh, season two of Buffy. I love that you. Have she it. turns. She turns people into fish. Fuck. Um, sorry, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, sadly, the actress did just pass away, away in uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, which it does always suck to see that, but it is good that we're able to still talk about her great performance in this movie before she passed. Right. Um, like that was what was so cool. I remember seeing, uh, some of the special features from this movie is like the behind the scenes stuff. It was just a fucking laugh riot. Cause everybody on set mm-hmm. was like, it is clearly super professional. And they were just like, Oh, the object here is to have fun. And like the director was like, yeah, guys, like, you don't have to take this seriously. And they're like, oh, hell yeah. And then the whole thing just became like, like, have you seen any of those like documentaries that are about like the making of Caddyshack? How it was just like 20 and yes. 21-year-old dudes like getting high and fucking blitzed every night and then making a movie about people that mm-hmm. do the same shit. Like it was, it just seemed like the energy of this set was like a bunch of grown adults acting like teenagers again, like getting to cut loose. And, like all of mm-hmm. the bloopers and outtakes are just them being like, they just would curse or whatever in the scene, and they're like, cut, we can't curse. Like, you can't say that. This is a PG-13 movie. It's like, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's all of them, like, trying to be like, oh, we can't have too much fun. Well, yeah, apparently this movie as a concept had a really hard time getting sold until they went up to Universal and like, listen, we can make this PG-13. Just please let us make this fun movie. And they were like, okay. Because um, they were a little afraid like after Trick or Treat uh, was a little bit darker. Yeah. Yeah, they might have pitched it as, like, we're going to make Trick or Treat, but, like, Christmas. And they're like, but, like, you can't. It's rated R. Um, But I do know that um, Michael Doherty has been very vocal about how when he gets to do Trick or Treat 2, which is looking more and more like it's getting closer to development now that it got its theatric... Trick or Treat got its theatrical release this year. Oh, yeah. Um, it's That he's going to be also. back to a, a rated R movie. Yeah, it's due for, for a Trick or Treat 2. Like, period. Yeah. Even though it's not that old, like, it's due. Now that Saw's I just want to see more Sam. One, oh, everyone does. He's at Spirit Store, like you said. <laughs> like, he made it. <laughs> Sam is like, he could be poised to overtake Pennywise, which is saying something. Yeah. That's true. Um, unfortunately, um, no such love for Krampus, though. Like, Krampus d- is out there. Like, every now and then I see something with Krampus on it, like, from the movie. And I'm like, oh, hell mm-hmm. yeah, man. Get it, Krampus. <laughs> like, I love the attention. Um, yeah. And the last person I really want to talk about is um, Krista Stra- uh, Stadler, who plays uh, Omi Engel, the, mm-hmm. uh, Tom's mother and the grandmother of Max. Um, who is an actual Austrian actress. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's done many other, uh, like, English-speaking things other than maybe in the UK. I cannot read her Wikipedia page because is it, it in is German? in German. <laughs> yeah. It is fully in German, so I could not even pretend to read through her um, information. Much to my chagrin as I tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, oh, and because we joked about this before we started rolling uh, on the podcast, but I do want to mention that um, two of the voice actors in this movie <laughs> are uh, Seth Green and Justin Roiland, oh, which yeah. you'd never know just watching the movie, but to know after the fact that they are the ones making goofy sounds for these like creatures is just fun. 
Well, yeah, because like they don't speak. Like it's like when um they just uh, laugh. Like <laughs> I love when people do this. Like when Brad Pitt was in uh, Deadpool two for two seconds, or Daniel Craig yeah. got to be in a in the Star Wars movie. You got to be a stormtrooper. Like when mm-hmm. people just like do shit. Like Howie Mandel is the quote unquote voice of Gizmo the Mogwai from Gremlins. <gasps> yeah, but like nobody knows about that because it doesn't like you. <laughs> It's not a person making him, you know, like it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it would be just like, why would we pay this person a bunch of money? And it's like, well, that's the thing. They're just friends with them and they're like, I'll make weird noises for you. Mm-hmm. Love that type of, again, that's the energy that this creative team brings. Like the writer, the yeah. director, the producer, they're all like people that work together making a bunch of different types of movies, getting to make a movie where they can like loosen their belts a little bit and get a bunch of people they would love to work with to do the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do love the story behind Michael Doherty coming up with the idea for this movie, uh, because he mentions this in interviews he's done at, at once the movie was actually made, but he had mentioned that he had always wanted to do a scary Christmas movie, but he never had an idea for it until, as and I quote him here, during the ancient times of the internet... Uh, his friends sent him an e-card featuring the image of Krampus, um, which, according to him, was love at first sight for him. Yep. And so he finally figured out, I think about 10 years later in 2011, he finally worked with his co-writers to figure out what the story was going to be. Because he was like, okay, I've got this character. What else can we do? <laughs> yeah, like, I-, I just heard about this thing. Like, what's its deal? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's the uh, same. And I do deal. want to give special shout out to um, the Weta Workshop in yeah, New Zealand, from Lord of the Rings. Who, yeah, who created um, the special effects and animatronics for this movie? Which, yeah, I, it's just, they've done so many things. It's so impressive. I know they were invented because of Lord, like the Lord of the Rings needed s- such a big prop, like demand. That they just, like, created mm-hmm. their own studio. And then it went on to just... Because it, like, invented all of this, like, technology, like, for Lord of the Rings, and, like, basically made all of these people, like, you know, supremely talented, it then just became this, like, institute of, like... Kind of like the the Jim Henson workshop. Like, it's just, like, the, sh- mm-hmm. the stuff that comes out of there is awesome. And they got, like, Krampus, a practical Krampus, you know, for mm-hmm. most of this movie. It's very cool. Well, and, like... Some of the more recent movies they've um, been creators on include, because I have to point it out, the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal Kombat! Um, uh, also, uh, Dune in 2021. And cool. this year's movies that they worked on include uh, Thor Love and Thunder, X, and Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah, that's just uh, like So they're this obviously the still doing a bunch of big things. Yeah, like, yeah that's just busy. the last year for them. God, man, that's so impressive. Ah, I couldn't imagine like walking through their like warehouse, just like the shit that would be in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently they're named after an insect from New Zealand. Yeah. Which is just uh, cool. (laughs) They were named after some weird, like, yeah, creepy insect. And then when they made King Kong, one of the like scenes that has these big swarming, like giant ass ant looking things the species, mm-hmm. the fake species they named it was after the same workshop because it kind of resembles the insect that the shop is named after. 
I love that. I don't know how I know that, but I do. Know I don't know, that. but I'm impressed, and I'm glad you knew that going into this. Okay, let's get into this movie. Yeah, we've talked about behind the scenes long enough. Let's talk about what actually happens in Krampus. Yeah, like, okay, because the positive things about this movie, um, the movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. good. Watch it. It's so much fun. You'll love it. Well, and, like, it starts out, and it gives you its tone right off the bat with a slow-mo shot oh, of yeah. Black Friday <laughs> shopping with it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Bing being Crosby's. sung by Bing yeah. Crosby behind it. <laughs> It's so good. It's so, like, immediately, like, especially because this movie is, like, nebulously time set. Like, it's in the Mm -hmm. modern era, but, like, I don't know. Like, 10 years, I feel like there won't be Black Friday shopping anymore. Like, there's hardly any now. It's all going to be on Amazon. I hate to be, like, an uncle corner for a second, but, like, yeah, there used to be, like, Black Friday and, like, I remember when I was like, I mean, like, granted, on the news. I'm okay with, like, no, not yeah, having it, people get trampled yeah, to death. Yeah, come on. Like, let's be civilized and just buy everything online. <laughs> but, but also, like, like I kind of <laughs> miss parts of it. Yeah, like, you know, so, I don't know. This movie also kind of immediately makes me, like, nostalgic for when I was, like, a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, how Christmas felt when I was, like, a kid. Which this movie does a lot. Like, it, it's, yeah. it does that on purpose. Because uh, it's supposed to feel like a classic Christmas movie with demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a- at the end of that little uh, Black Friday ordeal, we see Max getting beat up in some kind of Christmas play in the store. Yeah, like a nativity play. Uh, <laughs> they're ripping Yeah, like I don't know off. why they're doing it during Black Friday. Like that seems like a bad choice, but nobody's really paying attention yeah. um, until it's too late and Max has effectively had the shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, all because he was talking to the other kids about Santa Claus. Because he still believes in Santa Claus. Because he's got the Christmas spirit in him. Uh, yeah, Dad clearly read which, some, like, dumb psychology study that was like, nurture your children's inner child or whatever the fuck, and was like, no, we'll just, like, let it come to him, in a, which is fine, I guess, but, like... Listen, know. at least he wasn't trying to pull a Neil from the Tim Allen Santa Claus and just pull him out of it, because he didn't believe in Santa Claus when he was three. Hey, fucking I just rewatched a lot of Christmas like, okay. movies, shithead and I've, I've got a lot of opinions. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Also, bad rap for psychologists in Christmas movies, I will say. I am a little yeah, that offended. is true. That I'm is very true. a little bit offended <laughs> that, like, we need to come for us during the time when everyone's depressed, okay? Just because, I don't know. I don't mean to go on a rant. Um, anyway, uh, not believing in Santa Claus is a kind of a cool concept for Christmas movies, especially, like, nowadays. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know... Shit's different than it was when yeah. our, our parents were kids, and like when all of these other, or Christmas even when we out. were kids, right? So I think that like as Christmas develops and society just unfortunately gets like bleaker, um, it's mm-hmm. good to try to you know capture a little bit of that original spirit, especially because it reminds you of how you were when you were a kid. And sometimes for people that includes holding on to things like Santa Claus, but sometimes mm-hmm. kids are mean and they don't care about things like that. And they just yeah. kick the shit out of you instead. Well, like even his co- even Max's cousins make fu- actively make fun of him for him believing in Santa Claus, and like him just trying to keep Christmas spirit alive. 
Bro, his cousins like are they, fucking mean. Like his, they're the aggressively two, I, mean. I love those two characters, especially in the way that those two younger girls play them. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. how realistic did that feel? Um, they well, and ass. like it's really interesting that um, they kind of bring up that um, Howard Max's uncle and their parents. Um, Wish oh, it almost seems like he wishes they were boys because of how they were raised. Oh yes, um, there is some really interesting uh, debates in this movie about how to raise children, which are covered for about thirty seconds before shit hits the fan. Um, yes, it seems in their in their movies hubris, got a movie. <laughs> it <laughs> seems that in their hubris, Christmas movies left themselves open to psychology yet again. Raising children <laughs> affects them if you're really fucking anal and pretentious about it. Or if you are even subconscious about it. But you're right. None of that shit matters because magic is real. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Which, like, again, often seems to be the problem with what we cover. Because also, active <laughs> magic is real. It also does fit, the, like we mentioned, the Santa Claus uh, with Tim Allen. It does fit that kind of, like, interesting approach of, like, okay, let's say you're an adult. You've lived life and know that, like, there's not Santa Claus, that magic isn't real, and that life is pain. Uh, and then Santa Claus is real. And you're just yeah. like, what? <laughs> so in this context, like, well, <laughs> like, in this context, it's the same thing. But it's like, okay, not only is the lore behind Santa Claus real, but also, like, the evil exists, like, like dark cavern of German folklore version of Santa is real also and you're just mm-hmm. like there for th- christmas with your family and this shit's happening yeah to well yeah so the reason that um shit hits the fan is that the kids are making fun of max's list to santa which is low-key a, a solid roast of his entire family he was being um, genuine which is why but it he them yeah more. Well, yeah, because he genuinely just wants the best for everyone and for Christmas to be like it was when he was when everyone was still enjoying it. Um, and his dad gives him a little pep talk and being like, we can still make Christmas good. But Max decides that it's not going to work out very well because his family is being shitty. So he tears up his letter to Santa and just throws it out the window. But little does he know, the letter doesn't just fall. It transcends into the sky. Yeah, it pulls a Mary Poppins, and instead of summoning the perfect family systems therapist, it summons uh, the executioner of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know if he knew Krampus existed. Like, obviously, Omi no, does. None, but, like, Max Only didn't Omi know. does until, until, they, until she tells them all about it. Because I just until when Omi so tells the story. Funny. Omi only speaks in German, and then she finally speaks in English just to tell them all how they're going to die, essentially. Right. <laughs> like, it's, Which it's is so horrifying. Wild. It's so wild that there's a... Uh, like, you have the holiday of Christmas... That has all mm-hmm. of this, like, associated cultural stuff that maybe not everybody knows about. And then that stuff turns out to be the stuff that was, like, real. And you're all just like, huh? So it's it's just, like, so funny to be like, this is what Christmas is to them. And this is what mm-hmm. Christmas is, like, actually. Because Omi, in, yeah. in her speech, talks about that, like, this true spirit of Christmas is not to be, like grateful for what you have because you should want more 
you should be grateful because of how easily life can just take shit from you, which mm-hmm. I feel like is very much in line with like back in the olden days. That might have been how it was where they're like, bro, we we're just scraping by. So like this is a good reminder to like be thankful that like we mm-hmm. ha- we get to have a family, you know? Yeah, it's dark. This is a dark episode. I thought this was going to be fun. <laughs> It, it it starts dark when you think about things too much, but then we get into the execution and things yeah, it, will, it, will warm yeah, up. It executes it, it gets goofily. better. It's like if because the force like, that came to end your happiness, like, did it with a fun smiley face t-shirt. Like, it has a dark <laughs> sense of humor. Well, and, like, this movie very effectively creates the, like, okay feeling for the audience to be like, all right. I'm okay with most of these people dying because mm-hmm. they're introduced in a really shitty way. But by the time things actually hit the fan and like they start to rally together, you're like, oh man, I don't want to see anybody get hurt anymore. Now I don't dislike them anymore. So um, how is everybody shitty? Walk us through the rogues gallery. Because everybody okay. is at fault. Everybody has their problems. Yes, there is no good, there is no like, perfect person in this movie except omi except for maybe omi (laughs) because hey what did we learn from jigsaw if she's been through it and she believes in the message she gets instantly rehabilitated that's (laughs) fucking here so (laughs) uh, let's do the breakdown one by one yeah let's do it Uh, and i'm gonna try to do this as they were introduced yeah um so howard um is essentially like the embodiment of toxic masculinity um, in that he thinks any guy is a sissy if he doesn't love uh, football and guns. Yeah, so that's not great is at very uh, much Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom, Adam Scott, is kind of the exact opposite of that. And so the two of them immediately start butting heads about like politics and how to raise children. And it makes them both really bad. Also... Tom and Sarah, their relationship is getting strained. They're not doing so hot, which is not great around the holidays, especially when the family's coming into town to just because add to Because Sarah the mess. is a big-ass control freak because her and oh, her yeah. sister Linda were raised by an alcoholic mother who had an alcoholic sister who her sister, who she thinks is stupid for marrying a guy like Howard and bringing somebody mm-hmm. like her Aunt Dorothy to Christmas at her perfect little world family, that makes her an asshole to her awesome husband, Tom. Tom kind of is blameless, I will, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, I'm not giving him the full benefit of the doubt. But... I was like, we can't give anybody the full benefit no, no, no. of the doubt like that. No, because um, Tom isn't, yeah. I don't know, I feel like he doesn't really get with it until later well and it's also because tom is kind of like someone you can just walk over so like he never like tries to take charge of anything he just kind of lets life happen to him yeah so I his like fault that's the biggest, is like, actually fault. that he is too nice <laughs> sure we can go with that <laughs> uh then we have linda howard's husband not howard's husband howard's wife jesus um and her big thing is like she is the antithesis to Sarah. Sarah is this uppity, everything needs to be perfect kind of thing. Linda just kind of needs to get through life and has too many kids to deal with. Um, and she thinks that her sister hates her because they don't share the same kind of lifestyle. Then there's Aunt Dorothy, who is actively um, an alcoholic, and it, when shit hits the fan, she decides to teach the kids how to make peppermint schnapps. And if that doesn't tell you everything about her character that you need to know, I don't know what will. It should. Um, it should teach you that she turns to alcohol when things get rough. 
Psychology. Psychology. Is that again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have uh, Beth, who is Max's older sister, who uh, just doesn't like hanging out with her sibling, which happens. But also, she's more interested in her boyfriend than. Yeah, she's um, 17. She's trying to smoke pot life. and get dick. I understand. Jesus. Her family Jesus, sucks, Matt. and no one understands her. You've been a well, teenager. Well, yeah, and like she's, she's kind of blameless because like she's just a teenager, and she's the first to go missing, that which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, Omi, blameless, except that she didn't warn people that Krampus is real and is terrifying. Yeah, um, <laughs> she didn't do that. Uh, Stevie and Jordan are both um, just kind of very. Um, oh, what's the word? Uh, self-conscious in uh, who they are, and so they have to take out their aggressions on other people, specifically Max, Psst, because he's smaller than they are. We would call those bullies. Yes. yes, they are bullies because they are not comfortable in their own skin. Uh, Howie Jr. is also kind of blameless because he just kind he of is exists. He's a baby. <laughs> oh, no, he's not a no, baby. No, baby is Chrissy. Baby. Chrissy. Howie Jr. is the one who's just... Yeah. Howie Jr. is the one who's always just, like, blank-faced staring. No, he um, let the gingerbread men in. He, unfortunately, is not blameless. Well, I guess, but I'm talking about before Krampus showed it up, what, oh. their, what their blame is. Yeah. Howie Jr. just kind of exists, because they all just kind of think he's dumb. Which he, isn't he is. necessarily disproven in it's, this no. movie. He doesn't, like, in the 11th <laughs> hour, come through with some kind of solution. He's just dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. It's it's okay. It's not a fault. Uh, it baby, just is. Baby Chris's fault. She's a baby. She can contribute nothing to this conversation. That baby... Um, Which I guess is not a fault of her own. Shits a lot? I don't know. <laughs> the baby. What's what's the issue it with baby? He doesn't deserve this either. <laughs> that That's true. Uh, so that... And then Max is at fault because he brought this all into being. Max has a lot Un- of Again, feelings. unknowingly... But yes. it's because he has a lot of thoughts and emotions that he doesn't know how to get out. His fault was that he didn't embrace the love of theater and that he <laughs> didn't know that magic was real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we could go with that. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, after Max inadvertently summons the end of the world with um, his torn-up letter to Santa... Um, there's a severe blizzard that engulfs the town and wipes out the power. Yeah, yeah, like biblically, and like, huh. yeah, biblical ice storm apocalypse. And, like, when Max wakes up, he the first thing he does when he looks out the window is see a terrifying snowman. Um, yeah, very spooky. Which I do not like seeing. Those. Very Calvin and, the, and Hobbes The snowmen continue. Yeah. <laughs> and the snowmen are actively scary and actively staring back at Max. Like, every time he looks through a window and there's a new snowman, it is staring him in the eyes. It's which really I do scary. not like. And outside, like, the whole neighborhood is, like, snowed in, but it's also, like, still actively snowing. It's completely dark, like, clouded. It's like the dead of night all the time. Mm-hmm. And, well, and everyone else yeah. in the town apparently is off on their Christmas holiday somewhere else. Because we're in rich town. Yeah. Nobody here is not wealthy. Yeah, this is Christmas with the Cranks territory. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, 
I, we, I we just watched that, that movie. <laughs> we just watched that too. Oh, that reminds me. Danny, what uh, so far is the uh, Christmas soundtrack so far? <laughs> now that things seem uh, Christmassy again. <laughs> so uh, naturally we have, it's beginning to look a lot yeah, like Christmas when everything's falling apart. For sure. uh, <laughs> I think at this point we have uh, like creepy minor key version of White Christmas playing. Ooh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all episode. Uh, <laughs> I know what my next one's going to be. Okay, okay I got this figured good. out. All right. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of minor key, creepy versions of Christmas songs. All I want for Christmas is Just prepare is yourself. Is not one of them. It is not one of them. Okay, okay. But I do love that minor version. That one's real good. Um, the vibe is set. And the family is nervous. Uh, Beth, mm-hmm. in her eternal wisdom, is like, hey, can I leave the house uh, to go can check I go on, a couple quote, blocks unquote, to go check see on my boyfriend? Power. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, she's so smart leaving yeah. in this situation. Um, because the family already doesn't like each other. Uh, now they're stuck. Now they don't have power. Um, and, uh, I mean, they're snowed in. Like, there's no going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And... Once Beth leaves, it's, it, you know, hours tick by and she doesn't come back. They don't hear from her. They don't hear from anybody. But then they mm-hmm. get a big sack on their porch. Yeah. For some reason, like, they drop, like, the delivery man is still working in this blizzard. Um, and so he drops off, like, a cheese basket which they did order and he was like oh there's also this giant like sack of presents here there's i this, didn't bring it <laughs> but this, this might be for you sack. <laughs> <laughs> and so they take that inside which they shouldn't have they have learned nothing from dangerous everythings um <laughs> but um yes beth is still out and about and she sees something on a roof now that it's getting dark outside which, if you'll follow my uh, composition of a Christmas score to this movie, okay. is when a uh, creepy, slow, minor key version of Here Comes Santa Claus would start playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because the thing starts leaping buildings in a single bound, like Superman back in the 20s. Yeah, like Superman Returns, 2006, Michael Dory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unlike Superman, this thing is giant hunchbacked and has and has hooves and horns and it jingles it's got bells of some sort but they're not bells they're chains it has bells schnickles no just bells schnickles? <laughs> i don't know it's got um, some weird german like leader who's and it doesn't but like and so maybe she sees the delivery truck and she goes up to it thinking that it'll be helpful but no the delivery man has frozen to death in the driver's seat so she has to hide underneath the car in the snow while um, this horned creature walks about, creeping her out. Dude, yeah. And then it's leaves. It's me out. <laughs> and then it leaves, but it does leave behind a little jack-in-the-box. Bro, this which fucking jack-in-the-box. Which is Christmas's scariest, scariest toy. Dude, What's always is because like so, even if it's not actively evil like in this movie, it's still well, a, a guaranteed jump scare. Yeah, and 
the horror in her scream when she sees yeah. it. You don't see it until much later. Uh, you just mm-hmm. know it starts to come out of the box, and then she makes the scariest noise I've ever heard. As While w- the truck starts shaking. Yeah, and uh, I will tell you, it's fucking horrifying, and it, mm-hmm. it still is. And I think it's partly because, um, like Krampus, it was real. They built that. Yeah. Also, it has a name, I found out. It's its fucking name. Uh, it's called uh, Der Clown, which <laughs> is a demonic jack-in-the-box. Don't like it, but I, apparently that's what it is. I've, uh, <sighs> okay, uh, moving on from <laughs> Der Clown. Um <laughs> Shit. So this is the game. So this unspeakable horror has befelled poor Beth. Uh, and the family doesn't know. They're they're still waiting there. They find the sack. They bring it inside, mm-hmm. and I think that's around the time that shit starts to go haywire for them, all at once. Not quite, because first uh, Tom and Howard have to go out because they're look. They want to go look for Beth. I think this, uh, yeah, so this they, is when it starts. That's when they find the what the remains of the other house, yes? Yeah. Uh, so they take Howard's Hummer with a, like, floodlight on top of it. He's one of those fucking is, assholes. Yeah. Like, the house shakes when they first show up because of his Hummer. Like, that's how you know he's a real asshole. Like, he might as well be eating an apple. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so they go out and they see a snowplow there with the um, keys still in the ignition, but no one to see, except that there's also the like broken through windshield that someone was definitely torn out of. Mm, uh, yeah, that's and they're like, ah, uh, this is this isn't good for our missing uh, child case. Um, and so they go to um, Derek's house, which is Beth's boyfriend. Of course it's fucking And Derek. it is fucked up. And there are horse hooves. Or some kind of hooves. There is a large horse. And <laughs> there is a horse in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> this horse has legal but... intent and is not here to bring... What does Omi say? She's like, he did not come. It's cool because she's also got this dark, scary German accent. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, Krampus did not come to give gifts, but to take. And I'm like, oh, shit. And yeah. he just looks like a weird old man with hooves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so they also see that, similar to um, the classic Santa Claus, um, the chimney has been broken in through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unlike Santa Claus, he doesn't do it with like elegance and poise and magic. He breaks through the chimney. Yeah, he invades the home instead of like, you know, visiting. Yeah, whatever Santa does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they're like, "Well, this is not a good sign. Let's get back to the Hummer and get the friggity fuck out of here." Um, but <laughs> lo and behold, the Hummer has been destroyed. And is actively on fire. And then Howard gets sucked underground. Yeah, and they got like, pulled <laughs> away from Tom. There's um this really fun thing about Krampus is that uh 
in the like old Krampus stories, he had this like super long tongue that he could like grab children with. And that was one of the things that they saw fit to definitely include in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like for this, it seems like he has like a fucking tremor that yeah, he's, he's using he... outside in the snow. Exactly. Uh, but it's his and tongue. luckily, Tom <laughs> is able to save Howard by shooting the thing that is dragging him down, and they run their happy asses back to the house. Well, yeah. except they, Howard can't run all that fast because he did get stabbed in the leg with yeah. something biting him. Something bit him. Uh, there's so many fun things that Krampus can do. Uh, it's just like all of the stories, it's just more and more and more weird, horrible shit. So he's just got this, like, mm-hmm. arsenal of things that he could do, um, including uh, use his magic to animate uh, fun Christmas accoutrement, uh, like gingerbread mm-hmm. man, Christmas decorations, and toys, uh, in a very, like, dark side of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys, but if all the Misfit Toys had, like, evil intent. Bro, someone's gotta make a Christmas haunted house that has a section that's, like, the Island of Misfit Toys, but they're Misfit because they're all fucking evil. That's pretty much what this is. That's what this is in a freaking nutshell. Because not only do you have the clown, uh, you also have this, like, spooky-ass fucking angel that's got, like, runes on it. So you know it's yeah. Not, you shouldn't touch it, uh, and it it's got claws. It's got like it's I do part believe bird I know its kind. name. Oh God, um, what is it? Because I, I if if I'm correct, uh, the creepy little angel thing oh, is called. I, and, I'm, and I'm gonna try to say this in a German accent. I apologize when it's pronounced I see wrong. It, yeah, um, but it's um, Perta the Fra- cherub. Frau Perta. <laughs> I don't like it. But yeah, that's the like evil like angel tree topper that it's will attack even, the family later. It is even scarier with like like as I'm looking at a picture of it now like just on a table like all the lights and stuff are on. It's even scarier. Uh than it, it is looks in the like movie. a fucking Five Night Five Nights at Freddy's thing. It, yeah. And in the movie it, cuz it because it, again, it's a real like Weta designed it, so like Weta. Yeah, it's a real product. Fucking real. Like they might as well have like brought it to life. Um, so it's like a real thing. So it is a Five Nights at Freddy's thing because it does yeah. have like claws and a mouth that moves, and it moves like that in the movie because it's there's no like digital effects with that. Like they just threw mm-hmm. this thing at Tony Collette's face and were like, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so now that Tom and Howard have gotten back, they are like, hey, so um, we can't go back outside because we're already getting frostbitten. Um, we need to board up the house and just, like, stay safe here. And when the weather gets better, we'll go look for Beth. Yeah. Um, like, fun at fact, that point, it's the like, weather's not going to get yeah, better. Yeah. Fucking Krampus has some, like, White Walker-type magic that he's making it colder, like, actively. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just part of his tactic. And the only thing that Omi has been doing this whole time has been Dude, keeping yeah. the fire in the fireplace going because she knows what's up. Yeah, she's and like, then, she's just building this fire, and someone's like, what the hell is she doing? And she says something, like, low and murmurs it in German. And mm-hmm. she, he's like, Max is like, she says we have to keep the fire going. 
And I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. Omi knows some shit. <laughs> um, and so Howard decides to take first watch because everyone's sleeping in the living room because there's no heat. So they're all staying together by the fire. And Howard says he'll take first watch. And we smash cut Everyone's to show asleep. that Howard has fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all that's when a cheapy, a cheap, uh, creepy little chain starts going down the chimney as the fire is starting to go out. And what's on the chain but a gingerbread man. Oh, now, here's my first also. piece of advice. Oh, yeah. Well, that's at the bottom <laughs> of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> but here's my first piece of advice to any children out there. Um, never eat something that's on a chain in your fireplace from, coming from outside. Um, I feel like that's good life advice for people. Uh, I feel like it can't really do you any harm. I don't think you ever should. Even if it's not, like, a demonic thing, um, it's probably going to, like, give your, you tummy aches or something. Like, it's not going to feel great. But uh, Howie Jr. wakes up. I would absolutely. Matt, God (laughs) damn it. You've never, you're telling me in all of the years that you used to watch Christmas cartoons, all the delicious looking gingerbread men that sang and danced, you weren't a little bit hungry. I really want Matt, I'm not saying I wouldn't eat them. I'm saying I wouldn't eat them if they came from my chimney. Oh, well, I don't know. In this context, I feel like it only worked (laughs) because it was the the kid was stupid. (laughs) That's true, because like it's Howie had Jr. Been who awake, wakes up. Yeah, if anyone else had been awake, they would have been like, Krampus is trying to use demonic gingerbread men, destroy all of the food in the kitchen. And then they would have been fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, so Howie Jr. tries to take a bite out of the head, and it wakes up and starts wrapping the chain around Howie Jr. and starts pulling him up the chimney. Um, so which lose? is not great. Well, it's not great because... Instead of Krampus coming to them, it's now established that Krampus is just going to take them one by one from where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, in a in a kind of a weird way, he's going to just use everybody's like weaknesses if he can to just ensnare them, mm-hmm. uh, which is very cool and very demon of him. Uh, well, and he and also it's kids though, like, but this is the first one, like that. Even if. Krampus came to punish all the shitheads that are causing Max trouble. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, that kid was n- literally nothing to him. Yeah. Um, and so, in the ensuing incident, when they try to save Howie Jr. before he's taken away, um, they accidentally kick a log from the fire at the Christmas tree, which sets ablaze. Um, so that's not great either, because their tree is on fire. And so Max is able to put it out with the fire extinguisher because, as we all learned from Sa- from the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, this is why it's important to keep a fire extinguisher in the house. That definitely was um, a, except a reference in, to that. I really hope so because that was when Tim Allen burnt the turkey yeah. and then goes to Denny's <laughs> with Charlie. Dude, um, I love the Santa Claus. It's so good. I fucking love the Santa Claus. Um. Anyway, the yeah. uh Okay, so I'm on IMDb right now, and, like, there's a bunch of mm-hmm. the, uh, like, they just have, like, videos going, and it's, like, all behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's just everybody playing with the, like, evil fucking toys. So that's, like, you bring <laughs> them up, as I'm like, these things are all practical. They all look as terrifying as they do in the movie, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. playing with them. Um, and so this is when Omi decides that it's time to explain to everybody what's going on. Yeah, fucking And not finally. only does she, like... 
explain it in English, but she explains it in like, you know how like in 2021's Candyman, there's the like shadow puppet paper. How could sequences? I ever forget those sequences? They do that with Omi's explanation of when she dealt with Krampus during the war. Yeah, yeah. Which is also just terrifying, but it's such a good like visual storytelling that I can't like I can't help but love how effective it is. Yeah. Um, cause in that everyone is those like shadow paper puppets except for her who is full claymation. Yeah. Which also feels like a reference to all those classic claymation Christmas movies like Rudolph with the, uh, Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. But instead of, uh, and- uh, Rudolph learning that he's actually very useful with his nose, uh, it's a little girl learning that, uh, war will turn neighbor against neighbor and, uh, father against mother. Um, and mm-hmm. it, if in a slight moment of weakness, she wished that everything could be fine. The one time that she wasn't grateful for her horrible life, Krampus came and killed her parents. And left behind a um, little bell ornament for her that signed Krampus as and like something a else reminder. in German. Yeah, as a reminder to like, don't. Like take for granted anything, even if it's like mm-hmm. poverty and war and fear all the time. Yeah. So maybe Kramp- maybe Krampus could have let her go, but I can see why he'd come this time. We just needed to mm-hmm. know like what his deal was, because like I was saying like before, like you go to any American household like five years ago before this movie came out, you're probably gonna be like, "What the hell's Krampus?" So if Krampus did come to like fuck your shit up, you'd be like, "Who the?" F- what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, now at least then, you know what you're up against. Yeah, you know what you're up against, so you know to keep everybody together. Which means, of course, immediately, Let's split uh, up Stevie gang. and Jordan disappear, yep. and they go upstairs to go to the bathroom, because they don't want to go to the bathroom downstairs, because they're pretty sure that Aunt Dorothy, like, clogged the toilet or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I and love so... when horror movies are like, well, they can't, they have to go far away. Like, well, why? It's like... Uh, Aunt Dorothy clogged the shitter, so they yeah. had to go to the other side of the house. So they go upstairs to use the upstairs bathroom, but then they hear Beth's voice in the attic, so naturally they have to go investigate without telling anybody. And so the rest of the family hears them screaming from upstairs, and uh, Tom, Sarah, and Linda run upstairs after being like, Hey, Dorothy, where the fuck are they? And she's like, I don't know. They were right here a second ago, which is a bad answer. Like, ah, oh, you're drunk. But also, I'm pretty sure, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Dorothy's probably had a couple drinks by now. For certain. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and so they go upstairs only to find Jordan being eaten by Der Clown, which yeah. we now get to see in its full glory, and it's terrifying. So it. Whatever you guys at home are imagining, uh, it's worse. It's more terrifying oh, yeah. than whatever like you're imagining. Like, its jaw unhinges. Yeah. And, like, opens up. Because, like, it's a porcelain face, but with, like, a fucking... Mandibles. Uh, rancor mouth yeah. from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's got, like, predator face mandibles that, like, extend yeah. to swallow children whole. And it has a weird uh. snake worm body. That it just crawls around on into the and, walls. And, like, it whispers oh. in German. Ew! I didn't even notice that it whispered in German. Yeah. That's Because, like, when it's trying to escape, it's whispering to itself in German, like, I can do this. 
Aww. That kind of makes it cute. Um, and so the parents have to fight these toys that we've mentioned because they're starting to attack in order to make it so Dirk Clown can finish eating Jordan and Stevie. Yeah, he's got to do a snatch and grab. So he's going to, like, mm-hmm. eat them, swallow them whole, keep them in his stomach, escape, and then, like, they don't know what. But that's, yeah. that'll be the second person that these things have taken. Like, they could have killed, but uh, they specifically This killed. is the third and fourth. Third. Because third they've already fourth. got um, Beth and Howie. Oh, they did. Well, so, so yeah, now the there's four Sorry, yeah, family yeah. members yeah, yeah, yeah. that have been I, taken. I, did, I think I just said the wrong number. <laughs> but yes, the no, three you're of all them good. so far. And then they do take the last one. I thought that they got her out first. No, because they see Stevie, and um, that leads Linda to like go on like a rampage against the bear, the angel, and the robot. The robot, monster. yeah. Because she stabs this teddy bear in the eye with an icicle. She fucks it up, man. Yeah. Like she goes into full mama bear territory. Um, yeah, which I love seeing her get to go yeah, into. It's like Willy's Wonderland up in here, man. She's just fucking up yeah. all of these puppets. Um, but sadly, she was too late because uh, Dirk Clown was able to get into the air ducts. Yeah, that was um, fucked. So... That he's just in the walls now. Like, they're just, like, trying to yeah. figure out where he's at. Um, and also, at the same time, in the kitchen, um, Howard is getting attacked by gingerbread men. Because there are more <laughs> of them. And they now have a nail gun that they're using. Yeah, they do that Which weird is horrifying. thing that horror movies do where they're like, they forget that nail guns aren't like guns. <laughs> but it's cool, though, because yeah. it's the only way that they, in like a Ghostbusters afterlife, tiny little marshmallow guys yeah. kind of way, <laughs> how they can like kill someone that's like 10 well, times Well, and like there's size. all three of them doing it at the same time working the gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, luckily, um, Howard has his shotgun with him. So he's able to shoot a lantern that um, kills one of them in the fire. He is able to shoot the other one, and then the uh, the third one is lunge is jumping at him with a like sharpened candy cane, trying yeah. to stab him. And then uh, Howard closes his eyes, and when he opens them, all he sees is his dog licking his chops. Bro, yeah, the dog ate because it. the it was dog fine. did it. <laughs> Yeah, the dog was hungry, so it was time. Yeah, the dog, like, unlike you were saying, like, man, I don't know if it would if it would work. The dog went, I don't give a shit, man. I know what's got to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Dirk Clown try or they send the dog after Dirk Clown, which gets eaten off screen, so you don't have to see a dog getting swallowed whole by that creepy ass Jack in the Box. I really just don't like thinking about it it's really fucked up yeah um and they're able to like get ready to go on the attack against um the jack in the box but that is when krampus's elves show up and just start snatching people yeah so elves are a real thing also but they're not like elves they're more like dark forest warlocks and they're like all like wearing masks. masks. Yeah, they got like masks and spears and stuff. Like, they're like fantasy characters showed up, and you're just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are these things doing? Like, they just come in and take the rest of you. They're like, we're not waiting any longer. 
fucking alpha claw yeah, so, bitches. You guys are out. So they grab Aunt Dorothy. They pull her away in chains. They grab the baby. And Howard's like, I can't live like that. And so he jumps on the back of Dirk Clown and just, like, rides him off into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now they're down three more people. And Tom's like, guys, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I know there was that snowplow. And we can, if we get there, we can escape somehow. We'll just drive as far as we can. Uh, and so they start to leave. And Omi stays behind and locks the door on them so that she can face Krampus again. I Which is like a nice moment, if... <laughs> but it's and not going to give them much time. No. Also, like, what does she expect just to be like, hey, what you did was fucked up? Uh, why? That, I didn't mean that? Like, any like rational is, person would have understood? He does tormenting things like that's what he does yeah it's not gonna help just to like talk to him also like he doesn't speak he's just a a a frozen dead face yeah the only thing about his face that moves is his tongue yeah which is like three feet long for some reason oh i think it gets longer i think that straight up like in the snow that's his tongue going for them uh I like believe he, it, but I don't uses, like, like that. He uses his tongue as like a little like, got your fucking shit. But he feeds mm-hmm. Omi to that bag of like hell toys, which is horrifying. Yeah. So again, uh, like fate and, worse than death as a child, had to carry that burden her whole entire life. Uh, watched it happen to her again and then <laughs> got ripped apart by demon toys. Mm-hmm. Sad life. Omi doesn't deserve it. Uh, and so as they're running towards the... Um, the snowplow, the thing in the snow, starts grabbing people again. So it grabs Tom, it grabs Sarah, it grabs Linda. The only people who were able to get into the snowplow are Max and Stevie. I was wrong. Stevie did get uh, yes. saved. Yes. I do remember because I'm like, um, yeah, she's, in, she's around at the end because, like, they're, like, they have that moment where they're, like, in the truck and they're like, bro, we're so fucked. Well, and, like, Max tries to start the car, and I'm like, even if it does start, Max, you don't know how to drive. You're, like, ten years old. Yeah, and, Maybe. like, where are you going to go? There's, like, elves everywhere, and it's a nightmare wonderland. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the elves, because the elves just <laughs> reach through the window yeah, and grab like, Stevie. Come here. <laughs> and then uh, Max runs out and is like, whoa, whoa, no, leave her, leave, please. And then Krampus just appears in front of him. And drops him his uh, duly designated Krampus bell. It's kind of cool because you get to see how Krampus rolls. Like, he is a bastard. Like, he's not a... Like, I'm glad we touched him. Like, he does enjoy doing this. Uh, He takes his job well. It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know... Like, I think some of the stories about him were like... It was like a demon that was like... Somehow, like, got saddled with this job... And so, like, it had to do it, but, like, it was going to take as much, like, gleeful pleasure out of doing it as possible. And he leaves him with, like, here's the, your bell. I hope you learned your fucking lesson or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he was fully intent on leaving, uh, but Max wants to take it back. Max isn't yeah. happy with the lesson that he's been so graciously taught. And Krampus decides, okay, it's uh, mouth of hell time. Well, yeah, so 
Max throws the bell back at Krampus and is like, I take it back. And the bell just sinks into the snow and creates a portal to hell. Yeah. Uh, which, again, terrifying visuals. And I do kind of think it's funny that Max, like, walks up to him and starts crying, acting as if tears are going to make the person who tortures people for a living stop. <laughs> he literally licks his tears from his face. I'm like, yeah, that's probably how he garnishes his food. He's an evil brick. <laughs> it's like if you uh, try to appeal so... to Pennywise's humanity. Like, no, mm-hmm. he deliberately wants you to feel bad. And so Krampus just grabs him by the head and drops him in the hell pit. You don't give a fuck. Um, and you think, oh, that must be the end of the movie that they all got. got. But no. Max wakes up in his house. And it's Christmas morning. And everybody's alive and well downstairs. And everyone's like, hey, where the fuck have you been, Max? And he's like, oh, it must have just been a nightmare, because that was really fucked up. But then he opens one of his presents, and it's the Krampus bell. And everybody, like, kind of suddenly remembers what happened to them. Yeah, interesting. And then the camera... uh... And the camera slowly pans out and shows that the house is in a snow globe that Krampus puts in his collection and walks away. And this is, like, kind of an ambiguous ending that has two essential, like, theories behind it. One that I immediately believed, and the other, I guess, is probably more likely from a story writing perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I watched it, I was like, oh, they're stuck in, like, an eternal Groundhog Day version of Christmas Hell with each other. That, like, Krampus just gets to watch whenever he wants to watch people be tormented. Yeah, Um, I think it's kind of nice, though, that, like, up until Max, like, revealed it, like, he was willing to let them exist in, like, a happy little, like, Christmas Day universe mm -hmm. forever. Um, The other theory is it, um, is that um, he, they were given a second chance, and the snow globe is just how Krampus watches over them to make sure they still retain what they've learned. I don't believe that one as much because, like, it makes more sense because he does have a lot of snow globes. But I'm also like, this guy is a a demon of tormenting. Why would he just, like, let them go? Like, how is that? (laughs) I don't know. It's like, nah, you guys are not the exception. I fucking eat losers like you for breakfast. I do also love that I found out when I was looking at the trivia for this movie, apparently um, two of the other houses in Snow Globes in Krampus' collection is um, the Psycho House with Norman Bates and uh, Michael Doherty's childhood home that they recreated <laughs> in a snow globe. And I'm just like, those are fun. Like, yeah. that's a fun way to cap off your own movie. I would have, like, put, like, the house from A Christmas Story, like, houses from, like, other Christmas movies yeah. in there. <laughs> Like, um, oh, God, I feel like, wasn't there some kind of uh, viral marketing for Toy Story? Oh, no, when, when it was with the new Child's Play. The remake of Child's Play came out. All the posters mm-hmm. were, like, Chucky murdering the toys from Toy Story. Yeah, well, because Toy Story 4 came out the same yeah, day the same as that day. reboot. <laughs> <Yep>. Which really <laughs> fucked with me that they were two movies about Andy's a kid toys named Andy to life. with live toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, in the same way, like, I just love, I would have loved to have, like, 
I, this movie, as we've already said, is like full of little like true Easter eggs and homages to like other Christmas movies in a way that doesn't mm-hmm. like you know pander to it. It just kind of like they're there, uh, especially if you're like particularly a fan of that movie and Christmas is happening. You'll put two mm-hmm. and two together and be like, oh, Tim Allen from a, the Santa Claus, the critically yeah. acclaimed and and all beloved movie, the Santa Claus. Um, but you know, if you don't see that, uh, you get to see a fun demon movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is Krampus. That is the fun, uh, romp. Like what's, what was hard for me about talking about this movie is that we can't like sell you on the tone of the movie entirely. Cause like a lot of it is jokes that like you have to watch and listen to to understand that we're not going to sit here and try to recreate for you we're just going to tell you to go watch the movie um and if you're a streaming person the movie is currently streaming on the peacock streaming service so it's easily accessible to most um it was released on dvd and blu-ray they also uh just last year released what was called the Naughty Cut, mm-hmm. which is a 4K and Blu-ray combo pack released by Shout Factory, which is, like, two or three minutes longer. It's yeah. unrated, so it has, like, a couple swear words, I think. I think um, and it has more got, interviews and featurettes. I think it's got the outtakes. So in the DVD, I think, the, the, in the special features, there's other outtakes. Like, some of the bloopers and some of the actual, like, deleted scenes are just, like... Mm takes that would have been like two rated r or like mm-hmm. the same scene just a little bit longer because like a comedic beat is played to more so like it, it's yeah. not more you're not missing a whole lot but it does add to some of it uh if you're really really a fan mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a nice fun uh christmas horror movie with with some stakes to it but also it's not like dark like, yeah. it's not going to make you, like, hate Christmas. Even though it is um. dark. It, like, surprisingly has some dark moments. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't fit that vibe because of the tone that the movie sets earlier. Like, it yeah. balances the characters very well. This is not just, let's fuck with Christmas because we're broken inside. It's like, no, these are people that are actually trying to learn something. Uh, and mm-hmm. are facing this otherwise very strange set of circumstances in a way that is authentic and kind of works mm-hmm. to bring them back together. So it's like Krampus almost could have this just be like a seminar. Maybe that could have been why he would have let them go because he could have been like Mary Poppins and been like, learn your lesson. And then like, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you learned your lesson by me almost killing all of you. Bye. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope you, you retain this. But no, he's actually just like, <laughs> your souls are mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you threw another Mortal Kombat reference in at the end. I didn't even do it on purpose that time. <laughs> I like it. Even better. <laughs> uh, you can follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at squarehorrorpodcast@gmail.com. Uh Thanks, everyone, for a cool year. Uh, it was fun. We did a lot of cool shit. I'm glad we covered yeah. uh a lot that we covered um we did a big big mean series here and there and uh Mm -hmm. man uh new year's resolutions instead of advice uh i will say 
I'm going to, I don't know, be less judgmental is just a good one all the time. <laughs> uh, but also, hmm, I'll say that we, sh- we I'll let us, we, okay, I would be open to covering a movie that is like kind of gratuitous, but it's not played to good effect, like Last House on the Left or something like a 70s slasher, like Terrifier, but like not as mm-hmm. good. Okay. If we can just have like a come on, it's gore series. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I don't know. So I want to go in a direction where like we don't just shit on gore. <laughs> yeah. That's my personal res- rev- resolution. Do you have any on the mind on the fly? <laughs> I totally didn't just think of those at right at that second either. Um. Yeah, uh, so I guess if we're if we're if we're sorry, my headphones cut out. I lost you for a second there. I didn't say anything worth hearing. Okay, New Year's uh, resolution I guess, for the podcast. I, I guess my New Year's resolution for the podcast is to actually keep up with um, new horror movies, so we can have some more bonus episodes covering them. Because we had a lot we, that we talked about for this year that we just never were able to cover. We did. I but still I think, haven't seen them. I think it's um, also good, though, because that does free up a lot of space just for more episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, sounds good. Plus, I am going to put out this New Year's resolution for both of us, which I think we both agree we want to have, is we want 2023 to hold our 100th episode. Oh, it will. and uh, Which we are very excited about. We've got so much. We still have to plan it out uh, to see if we can even do it. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, we, yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we can pull it off, uh, that will be fucking incredible. Um, but we've also got backup plans uh, for it and other stuff that we're just gonna do next year anyway that like are just as big and just as awesome uh mm-hmm. that w- would warrant uh episode 100 stuff just because you know we're trying to uh ha- you know we're trying to measure some some dick metaphorically yeah. speaking <laughs> <laughs> see measure ourselves up against some of the more uh established uh members of the scene um mm-hmm. i feel like also we i would add that like It'd be cool if we could start more interviews. Like, I loved having yeah. interviews this year. Uh, having Steve on was fucking awesome. Um, but, uh, and especially because I know we've got some uh, that are just a couple of phone calls or emails away that would be very cool. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I want to – I'm committing to trying to, you know, spend some more time on that for myself so I can actually make some of this stuff happen for us <laughs> mm-hmm. well yeah and i think it's safe for us to say that any fans of the podcast out there are going to be in for a very exciting 2023 with us here at square horror definitely um uh, especially because we're both going to be getting out of out of school in 2023 yeah, that'll be which is fucking terrifying yeah. but <laughs> here we here we go it'll be it'll be fun um We'll still be doing the podcast remotely, but at the very least, if we do have time, like, I mean, the times that you are in Illinois and the times I'll be home, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't mind meeting somewhere once a week to record if we can figure out how to do that. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, growing as a podcast will be cool, but um, yeah, being out of school will be nice because surprisingly, I'll have a lot more time uh, 
that I can actually spend doing other shit that I want to spend time on, like this show. Yeah. 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 So, until 2023, you all stay spooky out there. And fucking have a great uh, end of the year. May your days be scary and bright from all of us at Square Horror. And have a haunted new year. 